Oh, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 11. I'm going to preach here for a little bit tonight out of the Word of God. And uh, I am so thankful to be saved. I'm so thankful to be serving God. I don't regret a mile. Amen. I've traveled with the Lord. I've been through a lot of things. You've been through a lot of things. But I can tell you tonight, every mile, every step on this journey has been glorious. Because I can tell you, it's a glorious place we're headed to. It's a glorious God that we serve. It's an awesome uh, relationship that we have in Him. And I can tell you, every day is a brighter day. Every day we're getting closer to our eternal home. Amen? Every day we're getting closer to Beulah land. Hallelujah! Where we can see the gates of heaven. We can see. You know, we're, 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 just, we're just so blessed tonight to be saved, to be born again to be washed in the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. We're in the company of the redeemed tonight. We're among the company of the redeemed. There's churches all over this world and everywhere I've been where the presence of God is. He said you're in the company of the redeemed. People that have went from death unto life. Amen. From curse unto blessing. Hallelujah. From darkness unto light. Aren't you thankful tonight to be saved? I'm going to preach something that I, I know you've probably even heard me or others preach, but it's just entitled, out of Matthew 11, verse 28, The Easy Yoke and the Light Burden. And uh, this is kind of just an encouraging word tonight in the day that we're living in. Everybody wants you to talk about end times. But I want to talk about the wonderful God that I serve that's getting me through the end times. Amen. That's there with me along the journey. He's an ever-present help in my time of need and trouble. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. You may feel forsaken, but if you're a child of God born again tonight, washed in the blood, you're not forsaken. He's with you along the way. But in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Would you pray with me tonight? Father, I ask you to bless this word tonight as we preach it. Lord, I just ask you to anoint me. Anoint these lips of clay. Anoint my mind. Anoint my memory. Anoint my heart. Lord, let the passion of the Spirit of God come out, Lord, and minister to this body tonight, Lord. I pray, Lord, that we would be mature and grow and learn, God, and know that we're like trees that are planted by the water we're to grow downward we're to grow upward we're to grow outward and we're to grow inward Father God and I pray let us know that and not be discouraged or not be weary in well doing because we will reap God if we faint not you said in your word they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength they shall mount up with wings as eagles they shall run and not be weary bless Lord each and every one tonight let us be encouraged in your word and we'll give you the praise for you deserve it in Jesus name and everyone said praise God praise God last Friday night I believe it was we had the marriage fellowship and it was wonderful I enjoyed it I wish more people would have been there 
and been at that fellowship, you would have enjoyed it. And it, it, the food was great and everything was wonderful. But the greatest thing that took place was Brother Danny and Sister Benita. They began to have us all sit down and write down on a card all of the things that we were thankful for, all the, the special things about our spouse, about who we're married to, you know, and our spouse and, and our wife or husband, wherever you were at in that. But write down the things you were thankful for and the things that maybe you necessarily didn't always share with your spouse. And I sat there and I write and wrote on that little card. And, and, and you know, Sister Scouts had to write on front and back. You know, it was a lot to say. But I praise the Lord. No, I'm teasing. We wrote on all those cards and it was wonderful. And we were kind of chuckling about it and all of that. But then I began to read that card. And I thought, Lord... Is that really what she thinks about me? How she looks at me? How she, the, the, the things that are in her mind, the things that she wrote down and the things that were in her heart that I don't necessarily hear every day or all the time or some things, not at all. And I was like, man, I was so blessed. I just sat there and I, I, I wanted to cry. I, in fact, I started to tear up. I, I wanted to cry. And my, my son, you know, I have to tell on him tonight, but I'm sitting there and I'm just looking at that card and I'm so teared up. And, and he wrote in a text. He sent me a text. You know how you text. You're sitting across the table from somebody, but he texts me. And he said, so he said, so we can expect a, a, a baby, another baby in nine months. He was, he, and, I, and I thought, they're having a baby? Then I really started crying. And I looked at Angela. She looked at me. And I thought, and he said, just kidding. I was talking about you and mom, not me and Priscilla. I'm going to throw my coconut cream pie or whatever that was over at him. Why you do that to me? You know how I get over grandbabies? Amen. But we had a wonderful time there in that fellowship and just going through all of that. It was beautiful. And I was so blessed to read all of the beautiful words and expression of love from my wife. And the Lord reminded me of something. And he said, I said in my word through Jude, keep yourself in the love of God. And he's not meaning you so much loving God from yourselves, but remembering how much God loves you. Remember how much God loves you. Keep yourself in the love that God has unto you. Because if you remember the love that God has for you, you have no problem loving Him back. Amen. It's an awesome thing to love Him back when you know how much He loves you. So in other words, remember how much God loves you and keep yourself ever reminded of God's love for, for you tonight. This is so empowering and so edifying and so encouraging and it establishes the attitude and response of how we are to interact relationally with God. A lot of times people put the emphasis and you can put up 1 John 4 9 people put the emphasis upon how we are supposed to love God and we are but there's so much in the word of God of God's grace and mercy and his love for us and he said in the word of God it's not that you love God but that he 
He loved you and me. I read that scripture. In this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. He said, herein, in this particular message of the gospel is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. We learn about the beauty of love from God and His love for us. Are you hearing me tonight? And I was reading that and I thought, Lord, this is so beautiful. And you say, what does that have to do with the scripture that you opened up with and read out of Matthew chapter 11? I'm going to tell you. It is a loving invitation to you and I unto the Savior. And this scripture that Jesus quoted is a loving invitation filled with loving blessings and blessedness. Oh my. The Lord reminded me not to always look at the doom and gloom of end times in the Christian life. Don't always focus always, always on the warnings. Even though we need to be warned and we need to heed the word of God. I'm not saying that we shouldn't do that. But I'm preaching this particular text. And I believe it was Spurgeon that said, whatever text you're reading, just preach that. Preach it. Amen. If it's an end time scripture, preach it. But if it's an invitation of God's love to come unto you and every blessing and benefit that goes with it, preach it. Preach it. So the Bible talks about how many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. How that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Praise God for the warning with the promise. We read about how Satan goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. We read about how Jesus said upon this rock, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Never said that the gates of hell wouldn't try. He said, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. That is indicative that there is a weapon that will come against you. He said, the, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I come to give you life and life more abundantly. There are all kinds of warnings in the body of, or in the word of God. But tonight, God said, even though it may be a reality, let the blessed promises of Jesus' word and his loving invitation encourage you tonight build you up tonight give you a hope because this passage is filled with empowering promises and every promise is ours and he's a promise keeper sin is very heavy sin is burdensome it leaves you without hope it leaves you empty without any vision for your life that's a fact. That's why he said, Come unto me all ye that are heavy laden, burdened down. I will give you rest. I will give you rest. Whether you're a person tonight that has never known God, 
this is your first time being in a service where you're hearing the gospel or maybe you've never responded to the gospel tonight I've come to tell you the heavy weight of sin and the burdens of this life that you're carrying he come to t- for me to tell you tonight he will give you rest his word says that he said you've got to come amen we're always wanting everybody to come to us and God said come unto me come unto me amen come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest I was reading in Psalms 38 3 through 8 and I want to read that tonight I got to put this over here so I can see it because it's cutting off half the scripture up there but he said there's no soundness this is at a place of sin and heaviness there's no soundness in my flesh because of thine anger neither is there any rest in my bones because of my sin for mine iniquities are gone over mine head as a heavy burden they are too heavy for me he said my wounds stink they're corrupt because of my foolishness I'm troubled I'm bowed down greatly I go mourning all the day long he says for my loins are filled with a loathsome disease there is no soundness in my flesh I'm feeble and sore and broken I've roared by reason of the disquietness of my heart he says in the word of God but I've come to tell you tonight Jesus said even though David quoted that and we may feel burdened down and weighed down he said I will give you rest I will give you rest a lot of times people don't realize the depth of the weight of sin they don't realize when you're in sin my pastor always taught me one thing that I never forgot and some people don't always get it but he said in the eyes of a sinner it's not a sin to sin It's not a sin in the eyes of a person that doesn't know God. But you and I that have been born again, we know that sin is sin. And that it weighs you down. And even as Christians, we have committed things and done things. We shouldn't, but we have. But you feel the burden of that. But aren't you grateful that you can come to the foot of the cross? Amen. And it's not hard for you and easy for somebody else. But the ground at the foot of the cross is level. It's not uphill for you and downhill for somebody else. We can all come running to the bleeding side of the cross of Calvary. And we can find rest, amen, in our time of need. Because Jesus came, amen, to set the captive free. Do you hear me tonight? He came to set the captive free. He came to liberate you and I. He came to give us peace of mind and love. He said, God's not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. He's given you a brand new heart, made you and I a brand new creature in Christ Jesus. We got a reason to be at peace and rest because God's not standing in heaven looking down to judge us Jesus took our judgment he took our pain he took our thirsting he took our hell he took our punishment and he nailed it to the cross he said I'll give you rest you gotta want that rest people don't realize the depth as they're living in sin how weighty it is they don't see that in fact Romans 6 20 and 21 Paul said For when you were the servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. You didn't want to do anything right and you didn't. Come on. You know, I always always go back to this people 
they come to Christ and they were rotten sinners. They were crazy. They were village idiots in the world. But they come to Jesus and all of a sudden they become these people that just go over and get in a corner and they're like, I just, you know, I just want to, I'm like, come on. You were fighting and scrapping in the bar. You were shouting and acting a fool out there in the world. But you come to Jesus and all of a sudden you became a, a choir mouse. Let's worship the Lord. Let's praise Him. Give Him the glory and the passion that you gave when you served the devil. Amen. It blessed me, and she's not here tonight because they had something they had to go to, but Mama Andrea said to me, she said, when we were having prayer and fasting that week, she got up and we were here at 6 o'clock in the morning, and she came in about quarter to 6, so 5.45, and here I am trying to get the music on and everything, and we're all, you know, got sleep in our eyes still, but we were here for that prayer meeting, and she said about that fourth day, she said, I was getting weary, and she said, I wanted to lay in bed, and she said, I thought, today, can I just lay here in the Lord spoke to her and he said remember whenever you were a drug addict you'd get up at 3 and 4 in the morning you'd go all over the world to get the drugs you needed to get. Get up and live for God. Get up and go praise God. Get up and seek the face of God. This is the greatest thing that ever happened to you. Greater than any drug. Greater than any you know any kind of high that you may get. Greater than any experience. Jesus is worth you getting up. Amen. Your relationship with him so she said here I am pastor I can tell you that's why God hears us when we cry unto him he sees the passion he sees our hearts cry and he can't stop and ignore that or he can't ignore that cry that's why when he heard blind Bartimaeus he stopped and he turned because the disciples told him be quiet nobody wants to hear you but I can tell you God hears the cry there's a cry that awakens the master amen there's a cry that awakens the master there's a cry that gets his attention there's a cry he hears and he heard her cry and that's why they got a place tonight because he heard her cry I heard that woman praying and seeking God and fasting five days, crying out to God in the morning, crying out to God in the evening. So it doesn't surprise me one bit that God gave her favor whenever there's people lining up for a house. Everything that comes open, people are lining up for because there's no properties. And she said, that man said, I'm going to help you. I thought, praise God. He's faithful. But what, what fruit? For when we were yet the servants of sin, you're free from righteousness, Paul said. But what fruit had you then in those things whereof you are now ashamed? For in the end of those things is death. You had no fruit in it. You had no fruit in it whatsoever. The woman at the well had nothing to show for five failed marriages all of her life. She had nothing to show. Think about that. Jesus met her and with love, you know, he said, go get your husband. I'll give you this water that you'll never thirst again. She said, I don't have a husband. He said, you've answered right. He responded to her, uh, you know, her uh, honesty. I don't have a husband. He said, you're right. You've been, you've had five husbands and the man you're with is not your husband. You've answered correctly. She had tried everything to fill a void. She tried five different, six different men. 
But I can tell you, after five failed marriages, she was defeated, embarrassed in her life because she had to go to that well during the day when nobody was there. Because I can tell you the women of that city didn't like her. And they had an attitude against her. And she had this, this, this reputation, this embarrassing reputation. And um, this was evident. And she had an attitude too because when Jesus said, give me something to drink, she kind of looked at him, and I'm paraphrasing. I know the Bible says, she says, I'm a woman, you're a Jew. Why would you? I'm a Samaritan. Why would you? You know. But what she was saying is, why are you even talking to me? What do you want from me? You know? She was heavy. She had a response. Why do you care about me? She was heavy and laden down with the thirst for a fulfilled life. And Jesus said, if you drink of this water from the well that you keep drawing from, ma'am, from that empty well, that well that never satisfied, you will thirst again. She said that, he said that to her in John 4.13. If you drink of this water, you'll thirst again, the one you've been drawn from. But he said, whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up unto everlasting life. In other words, what he was saying is, are you, what he was saying is the source, your source will no longer come from outside of you, but within you. God does something down deep within you. And you may not, you, you, you know, because we try our whole life to fulfill our lives with something external. And God is trying to say, I'm trying to fill you up inside. I'm trying to cause a spring to begin to come forth from up within you and come out of you. That you don't ever have to go to an external source. I know it's physical and spiritual I understand that but I've come to ask you the question tonight are you heavy laden are you burdened down do you realize this when Jesus said come unto me all ye that are heavy laden all ye that are burdened what he was saying is all the people that see that they are heavy laden and they're burdened God brings us to a place where we see the condition we're in we see the place that we're at we see the emptiness and this qualifies not just to people that are not saved but to people who were on fire at one time for the Lord but they've lost their fire they've left their first love they've moved away from that spiritual experience that they once knew I've come to tell you tonight that He will fill you afresh and anew we believe in the fresh baptism of the Holy Ghost and every time we come into His presence is a time when He pours out His spirit one more time church listen you don't have to die on a church chair you don't have to die on a church pew you can have the fresh baptism of the Holy Ghost every time you come before God he's a God of multiple refreshings he's a God who said I'll bring streams in the desert I will pour out water upon you in your desert time my God, He's an ever-flowing, ever-freshing Holy Spirit that flows. Amen. I've been there where I said, Lord, I seem, I feel like I've lost my way. Yeah, I'm going through the motions, but I don't, 
I don't, I don't feel what I used to feel in church. Let me tell you this right now. It isn't always about feelings, but I can tell you sometimes you just need to feel His presence. Sometimes we just need to know He's there. There's times we walk, well, all the time we walk by faith and not by sight and not by feeling, but you go long enough, you're craving that, and you're like, Lord, I need you. I need a fresh touch. I need a fresh anointing. I need that living water. I can't make it without it. There have been times the Lord said, just stay there a little longer. Stay here a little bit longer, Jonathan. Tarry here until I pour it out upon you. We need a fresh touch. And he's the God of fresh anointing, a fresh touch. I praise the Lord for that. Hear Jesus' words of promise and instruction. I will give you rest. A burden which does not consist of sin is never heavy. Why are the burdens heavy? Because I can tell you you're carrying that burden of sin. Christ is not the bearer of that. He is the bearer of your sin to forgive you. But if you don't come under the grace and the promise of the work of the cross, you're carrying the weight of that sin. You and I have to let Him carry our burden. And a burden which does not consist of sin is never heavy. In other words, as a believer, you and I are going to go through times, but He never said you have to carry that burden by yourself. I'll carry that burden for you. I will give you rest. It doesn't mean that the problem goes away. What it means is that God's going to take that and lift that burden. He said, cast all your cares upon Him for He cares for you. God goes, your problems are no problem. For me, I care about you. I care about your soul. He said, my yoke, which indicates attachment. See, people think they come to Christ and there's no accountability and there's no attachment and there's no responsibility. Wrong. He didn't say, come unto me, you have no yoke anymore. He said, no. Come unto me, you that are burdened down, heavy laden. I'll give you rest. And he then said, take my yoke. You've been, you've been, you've been under the yoke of, of the enemy. You've been under the yoke of Satan. You've been under the yoke of sin and bondage. And all of that darkness and the weight of it. You've been under that. But come unto me. I'll take that yoke from you. Because he has power to say with the very finger of God. He said, the kingdom of God has come unto you. The kingdom has come unto you. If I can with the finger of God cast out a devil, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God has come unto you. God can move a man, every mountain in your life. He can move obstacles. He told, uh, he told Zerubbabel, it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. This mountain shall be removed. I'll give you rest. So when he said, take my yoke, it indicates an attachment. It indicates accountability. It indicates a different kind of service unto the Lord. If you've come to Jesus and you're not doing something, you are in disobedience. Well, that was a very weak amen. I like the way y'all are shouting. If you've come to Christ... 
and you're not doing anything for God. You are in disobedience. We are supposed to take His yoke upon us and we're to learn of Him. We're to go in unison with Him. How can two uh, walk together except they be agreed? You and I have to be in agreement with God. And He said, I didn't save you to sit on a church pew and a church chair. I've said this years ago. I'll say it again. The reason they call them pews is because people sit there so long they stink. P-U. We're called to do something. Something. So we have to be attached, accountable, in agreement with God. There's a yoke in Christ. You identify with Him. You're in agreement. You think sin doesn't have its yoke? It does. It's called bondage. The only problem is it's a single yoke. And you know what they do with people in prison in the old times? They put them in one of those yokes where their neck was there and their hands up like that. You're by yourself. But whenever you get yoked up to Christ, you're not held up like that. He's just got something in front of you and he says, I'm right here beside you. Let's go together. I'll lead you. Amen. I'll lead you. I'm with you. I'm carrying the burden of that. God's yoke is easy because it's born in love. It was born in love. It's easy to love Jesus because He loves you. Amen. It feels so right. It feels so natural. It feels so normal. It's a perfect fit. When you come to Christ, you know why? Because you are a living soul, an eternal soul. And when you have come back in alignment with the God that is eternal that has created you, it fits like hand in a glove and you go, you know what, this is what I've always known. This is what I've always felt of satisfaction I wanted. This is what I've longed for. If you've lost your satisfaction in God, it's because you've moved away from that eternal call. And that eternal eternity that's been put into your heart. But when I got saved, I'm telling you, I was going nowhere fast. I was going down a dark road. I was a mess. I was caught up in things. But Jesus got a hold of me. And I came running to that altar when they told me God loved me. They told me Jesus loved me at 17 years of age. I'll never forget it. Blessed me so much. You know, two months ago when Angela and I went to my Uncle Eddie Skiles' funeral, he passed away, but he's pastoring in Fort Smith. And there was another pastor there by the name of Eddie Vansel. And I remember he was my PYPA leader. And I know none of you know what I'm talking about except for a handful, one or two. But he was my Pentecostal Young People's Association. Uh, leader in Missouri in southern Missouri Eddie Vansel and I walked up to him and I said do you remember me and he said well kind of I remember you and I said you came and preached over in a, a neighboring town we had a big rally amen there was about 300 kids there I remember all the churches came around you know and we got together and we had a rally and I'll never forget it as long as I live I'd been born again about three weeks you know and every time they had an altar call I was up there I was up there I knew
knew God saved me, but I wanted everything I could get. And I remember he preached and he opened that altar. I felt the Spirit of God coming upon me. And I went up there and I stood up there and I had my hands in the air. And I was the only one that ever came to the altar that day, that night. All those young people sat there and God dumped everything upon me. Amen. He dumped it all upon me. By the time I came to, I was up there shouting and dancing. And I looked around and I thought, what in the world am I doing? I'm shouting and I'm dancing. And I thought, well, praise God. I don't know how long I was doing that. But I was enjoying my relationship and the outpouring of the Spirit of God. He saved me. I was free. I was liberated from the weight of sin. And I came unto him. And he said, I will give you rest. I'd rest. I'd rest. Nobody had to beg me to go to church. I was there waiting for the doors to open. He filled my life. The eternal God that created me by by intelligent design and put eternity in my heart and a soul that's eternal came and was reunited with me. And I said, this is right. This feels so right. This feels righter than anything I've ever felt in my life. This is normal. This is my life. This is it. God said, you finally come to the knowledge of the truth. You come to the knowledge of the truth. What you were created for was to be a child of God. Well, isn't everybody a child of God? No, they're the creation of God. Some are children of the devil. Even Jesus said that. You are of your father, the devil. But he said, to as many as received him, John 1.13, gave he power to become the sons of God. I became a son of God. I became somebody that was born of God. I was adopted into the kingdom of God, into the body of Christ. And just as Jesus was a son, the very only begotten, I was an adopted son. I can tell you God looked at us the same way I shared it the other day I'll share it again those two boys that went to school they went in there they're a month in age apart and the teacher looked at them and said how can you two be brothers and you be a month apart in age and the boy said one of us is adopted she said which one he said we don't know our dad never told us so we don't know who's a biological boy and who's an adopted boy when God looks at you he sees only Jesus he does not distinguish any difference with you whenever you have the very blood of Jesus flowing through your veins oh that's why you can't try to work your way to heaven it has to be through Christ in Christ oh my oh I'm hurrying here help me Jesus I got saved, fell in love with Jesus. It felt so right. It felt so natural. It felt so normal. It felt such a normal, perfect fit. When we experience Christ, we sense satisfaction, completeness, and purpose. That's why Ruth did not want to leave uh, Naomi. She said, where you go, I go. Your God's my God. Your land's my land. Your people's my people. Where you die, I die. What I've seen in you, God has done something in me. And I'm not going to separate from you. 
We're yoked together because there's rest in everything that you've said. Not everybody gets that. Not everybody comes to Christ. Let me tell you, the Bible says hell is being enlarged. It was created for the devil and his angels, but it's being enlarged because people will reject God. But that doesn't have to be the case for you and I. We have a free moral choice. We can come unto Jesus and we can receive him. But you've got to come. You've got to come. It's like Peter, whenever Jesus said what he said about his flesh and his blood, and they walked away, and he said, will you go also? And Peter, I love that scripture. He said, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. There's no other life for me. There's nothing else for me to do. That's why when the enemy has come to me and said, why don't you just backslide and just go on and do your own thing? I thought, where am I going to go? This is all I know. This is the life that God has given me. There's no life out there. I'll just get in that altar and begin to see the assurance and the hope and the, the you know, all of that come back to me. And, and I just need to be alone with him and he'll give me rest from these burdens. Oh, when you know God loves you and you really believe living for God is easy. I'm going to tell you right now, people say, it's hard. I said, no, it's easy. Living in that world is hard. Have you seen some of them people? You see people and you see the darkness all over them. Then you see them get born again and you're like, man, you glow. You glow. You glow. I've seen it on some of your faces as you came in, the darkness. But God began to touch you and bring light into your life. And you glow. You have a glow about you. The Spirit of God is upon you. The life of God is within you. You don't look the same. I, I, I know she won't mind if I share this, but Teresa, you know, she got away like the prodigal daughter and went to New York and thought that that was the life God had for her. But you know what? She found out that that was a dead end and a boulevard of broken dreams. And she came back to Jesus and she found herself, amen, in the house of God because... She knew there's no other life for me. Amen. She came in. She left. She was brunette. And she came back blonde. Amen. I saw her. I thought, my goodness, who is that girl back there in the back? You know, I don't even know who she is. Got her hair pulled back. Don't even look like Teresa. You know, even changed her name. Amen. She said, my name's Tessa. Now I said, okay, all right. We'll call you whatever. Amen. We'll go with it. But then she got right with God. She got born again. God set her free. God ministered to her. And she sits here today glowing. Amen. The person that God saved her and called her to be. All things work together for the good to those who love God and are the called according to His purpose. It's called a relationship with God. Amen. And I thank the Lord. He's so faithful. When you love God and you know God loves you and you really believe that living for God is easy and even though we still have burdens... We still go through things in our life that are upsets, disappointments. There are times of affliction or times of trial. Praise God. He makes them light by the way of His grace. 
He makes them light. He said, my burden is easy. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. I love that. He said, come unto me. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. I'm meek and lowly in heart. You shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He makes light what the world and the devil tries to make heavy. Two weeks after I fell off that ladder in 2006 and landed on my head in this church, cracked my skull in two places, people told me God doesn't heal. I said, you're too late. How do you tell a man that's been healed, divinely healed by God, not surgery, not anything else, just God touching him? How do you refuse? You can't. You're too late. Well, you know, uh, there's this, 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 uh, this teaching and theology on secession. I said, well, I can tell you, he didn't stop healing in the book of Acts. He's still healing today. He's still filling people with the Holy Ghost. He's still operating in prophecy. He's still operating, you know, in the gifts of the Spirit. He's still moving miraculously. And I heard the Holy Ghost speak to me in that bed and said, Get up and start walking. And I was healed by the power of God. Fell on Monday, walked out on Thursday morning. And the little neurologist looked up at me and said, There's nothing else we can do for you, sir. You won't stay in your bed. I said, The life of God coming to me and I'm going home. Amen. Because he touched me. You're too late to tell me God doesn't heal. I've come too far by faith to have you try to sell me that lie. He's still a healer. He's still an all-need supplier. He still lifts the burdens. Doesn't mean you don't go through them, but he lifts the burdens. He's a burden barrier or bearer. Two weeks after, I went home. They, they, you know, they told me, you just need to rest. So I rested. I'd get up and I'd just say, you need to rest. I'd rest. My mom said, you need to rest. I felt like I slept for two weeks. I woke up one day and everything that happened to me hit me. Dude, you fell 20 feet off a ladder on a concrete floor on your head. Okay, two cracks in your skull. Bleeding on your brain. You know, you just now look kind of like a raccoon. Because you were just, had bruises all over your face. And it hit me. I almost died. Somebody said, you know, you should have died. I said, don't say that. I could have died. God never intended for me to die. I could have died. But I didn't. Because it wasn't time. One day God will call me home and when that happens, I'll shout glory and change addresses. Heaven's not a bad deal. But until that day, I'm going to preach. Amen. I'm going to fight the devil. Amen. I'm gonna, hey, but, but that doesn't mean that we're not going to go through times where we have burdens and we have things upon our heart but, and on our life and trials and tests and disappointments and hurts. and We go through things in life. But he said, I'll take those burdens from you and I'll give you rest. Doesn't mean that those burdens are not real and they're not, you know, it doesn't mean that. But God will give you rest. Noemi, I can tell you right now 
That burden is real, but God is giving you rest. You are finding a place in God that you've never known before. You've never been down this road before, but God is giving you rest. Amen. He's bringing you through and He's saying, I'm not taking you out of the trial, but amen, I'm bringing you through the trial. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Sometimes He calms the storm and sometimes He calms me. Amen. I'm still going through the storm, but He calms us even though the storm is going on. That doesn't mean it's not real. But I fell on the floor and I broke and I wept for like 30 minutes thinking of everything I'd been through. And I said, Lord, why am I feeling this, you know, all of a sudden, all of this, it's so real, it's so, it just hit me. He said, for two weeks, my grace was upon you. You didn't even realize what happened to you. But you are at a place now where you can handle that. And my grace, my grace was there upon you. And you're realizing now what hits you. And the emotions are overwhelming. But I'll give you grace for your emotions too. You say, my heart's been broken. I can tell you, his heart was broken. He knows how to mend a broken heart. It's light because of the power of the Spirit of God. He overrides sin's weight. He overrides it. Do you hear me today? That Bible says that it says in the Word of God. Let me fix this up here. I had Justin go get me some balloons. Because I want to show you something. Now, these little red and black things here, there's a lot of weight on them. But I can tell you, they are being pulled up. Even though there's, if there was about five balloons, they'd be pulling it up, you know. But the law of density overrides the law of gravity. If I take these things off, and I'm going to attempt to do it, if you were to put something lighter on there, it's just because of the physics of it. But if you were to take these things off, take these things off, I can tell you one of these balloons, if it had a light of enough thing, it would go up on its own. You see? And and I know you're getting what I'm saying. I can't get these things off of here, but you all know what I'm saying. If I wrapped a piece of paper around there, that piece of paper would just go up because it's an overriding law. God said in His Word, He said, the spirit of the life in Christ Jesus overrides, sets you and I free from the spirit from the law of sin and death. It's Romans 8 and 1. He said, the spirit of the life. The, the, let me read it to you. Amen. Let me read it to you. So I don't quote it incorrectly. I know I'm quoting it right, but I just want to make sure. Amen. But in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, this is what it says. It says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit for the spirit for the law of the spirit of life the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death in other words gravity's a law 
Sin is a law. It weighs you down. But God knows how to lift you up by His power. The power of the Spirit begins to lift us up out of the miry clay, out of those deep places, out of those burdens. He knows how to lift you and I up to a higher place than we've ever been before. And the Christian life and faith the, the burden becomes lighter because of the Holy Ghost and because of God's grace. And also it becomes lighter because the longer you walk with God, the longer you walk with God, the lighter it becomes. Why is that, Pastor? Because God shows us technique of how to bear things. See, whenever... You first go through something you don't know what to do. But as you begin to add to your faith, you begin to see things added to your faith. You begin to see God begin to strengthen you. He teaches you the Word. And He shows you, I will give you rest. When I was younger in the Lord, I didn't really know what to do. I didn't know the Word of God, so I was destroyed. The devil would chew me up and spit me out. But now I know the Word of God. And I know the promises that He gives me. And the Spirit of God lifts me up. There have been times I've went to that altar and I've said, God, I just I, the, the pain and the weight of this is so heavy. He said, just stay here, son. I lift the burdens. And you get up from there and He'll give you a scripture. <coughs> or He'll encourage you. And you're like, you know what? I'm going to overcome this. I'm coming out of this. I'm coming out of this. I praise the Lord. I'm coming out of this. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's like whenever I called Pastor Lee Ship and I said, you know, they told me this about my liver and all this stuff. And he called me back and he said, Johnny Skiles. He said, I, I said, you're the only one that can say that to me. Amen. <laughs> he said, I want to tell you something. He said, you are not a stranger to the healing virtue of God. You have been healed by God. This is not new to you. And the same God that healed you before is the same God that's going to heal you now. And he, God gives you that technique. He gives you the testimony from the past. And we overcome Him who the devil by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. We have a testimony and He says, My burden is light because I take that burden from you, but I've shown you how to make it through things along this journey. He's shown me, come to me, crawl up in my lap. Let me give you rest. Let me encourage you. No matter your Christian age, you're never too old to need or experience God's embrace. In my greatest trials, I've heard God's voice. Let me just minister to you, Jonathan. Let me minister to you. It hasn't happened a ton of times, but I could tell you probably five to 10 times in my life in 30, almost 33, almost 34 years, I've been in prayer and I was like, Lord, I'm so heavy. And he said, just sit there. Let me minister to you. Just cry, son. Just weep. Just praise me. Just thank me. Just say the name. Say the name of Jesus. When you don't know how to pray, you don't know the words to say. When you can't make it through your day, say the name. Say the name of Jesus. Crawl up in my arms. Crawl up in my lap. 
let me comfort you. Let my grace be upon you. And my gracious comfort and my peace and encouragement minister to you with healing and an answer. God will give you an answer. Sometimes the answer is not an answer at all. It's just a promise. Trust me and everything will be okay. We're always looking for God to give us some answer. And he said, I just want you to trust in me. I just want you to rest in me. I want you to believe in me. The father of the prodigal waited and watched, sorry, I meant to say watched his boy leave. He watched him walk away. And he had to know he will come home one day. He will come home one day. And I may may not see him come home on my time, but I will see him come home. I will see him come home. And one day, how do you know he prayed that and he believed that? Because he was looking out upon that porch watching every day for that boy to come home. And he saw him come walking through, you know, that field. A lot of times we're waiting and hoping for those answers to come so quickly. And God said that prodigal has to come to himself, see. If he comes home before he comes to himself, he'll go back. But when he comes to himself and he comes home and he says, you know what? It's better in my father's house than it is out here in this hog pen. You know, it's better there. You know, and he came home. And I always share this, but maybe it was for somebody tonight. Why did the father run? Why did the father run to the prodigal? I can tell you. I've always said, Lord, because you loved him. He said, I did love him. I did love him, but I heard somebody say, they said he ran to that son because he knew he had to get to him before the elder brother got there. (laughs) Because when the backslider and the prodigal comes home, the naysayers will come up and say, what are you doing here? You left. Don't you realize what you did and the damage you did? And they'll be the first ones to criticize, but that father said, I got to get there first. Amen. I got to wrap my arms of love around him because if that other elder brother gets over here, it's over. He'll turn around and go back and feel like God doesn't love him. That's why when the backslider comes in, I don't care where they've been, what they've done, how deep they've gone. We've got to love them back in the house of God. Amen. We got to put the robe upon him. We got to put a ring on their finger. We got to kill the fatted calf. We've got to say, my son is home. My brother is home. My child is home. Amen. We got to welcome them back into the house of God. We got to welcome them back into the family and say, I don't care how they got here. I'm just grateful that they came home. Amen. And he said, my son was dead, but he's alive again. Hallelujah. He's alive again. Glory to God. He said, come unto me, all ye that are burdened down, heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. Mourning and grief gets lighter. Hurts and betrayals become less painful. It gets lighter. I don't know how God does it, but he does. You mature and you grow. And you agree. For all of you that think that you've always done everything right in your life, you haven't. 
And I had to come to a place in my life where I said, you know what, Lord, there's been a lot of things in my life, disagreements and things that I went through in my life with pastors and parents and siblings and people, and I've had to come and step back and say, you know what, I wasn't right. I did wrong. But it took me 25 years to come to that conclusion. But I'm not always right. And God has to show you that. But we learn so much as we walk in faith, walk in the Holy Ghost, and we put away childish things. He said, when I was a child, I acted like one. Talked like one, walked like one, but I'm a man now. I put away childish things. We need to grow up in the house of God. And we need to learn that every trial that we go through, we're not supposed to fall apart. We're supposed to hold upon to his hand that's ever changing, never changing. Hold to God's unchanging hand. Hold on to the faith that was once delivered to the saints. Hold on to the promises. Hold on to the hope. And we see and we feel God's love over the years and his faithfulness. God showed me through Angela's card a 30-year marriage, not absent of challenges, hills, valleys, and trials. But he said, everything you've come through, do you see? That there are things that you did not know and you've learned. You've learned. You know, I know it's a secular song and I, I'm not going to sing, sing it as a song. But there was a song in the 80s. It was called Through the Years. When everything went wrong. He said in, the word, in that song, he said, I, I'm so glad I stayed I'm so glad you stayed. It's a couple song. But I want you just to equate it to your relationship with God. Because you know what? We are the bride of Christ. Amen. Through the years, when everything went wrong, together we were strong. I know where I belong right here through the years. You know, it gets better every day. I'm so grateful that we can walk through this journey in faith and know that He carries those burdens. And church, tonight, I don't know where you're at. If there's somebody sitting in this building that's not saved, tonight is your night. Today is your day. This is your moment. We're going to sing and open up the altars. I want you to bow your heads in prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Tonight, I just ask you to draw by your wonderful spirit and presence. Draw. Draw men and women in this house. Maybe there's somebody, Lord, tonight that's going through a trial where they're just saying, you know what? I just don't think I can make it one more step. He said, come unto me. All ye that are heavy laden, burdened down, I will give you rest. Father God, I pray tonight, Lord, that you will give rest. Whether it's somebody, Lord, that needs rest, Lord, from a life of sin.